I am Sarah Jane Case, and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hello, friends. Happy Friday. I hope your day is treating you well. Today, we are talking with Jennifer Wagner. Jennifer is a certified fitness instructor and successful blogger. She delves into topics like health, wellness, fitness, body positivity, food, freedom, motherhood, and the Enneagram, which we love. She is passionate about challenging the way we think about health, wellness, and weight loss and captivates her community by meshing together the typically miles apart topics of healthy living and body positivity. Jennifer is also the author of Your Good Body, Embracing a Body Positive Mindset in a Perfection-Focused World. Jennifer, welcome to the show. I'm so excited you're here. Thank you, Sarah Jane. I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Um, As you know, we start every episode with your rosebud and thorn. So what are yours today? Okay. So my rose is that, just as you just said, my book is out in the world. As you know, you know, you've spent so Mm -hmm. much time pouring into your book behind the scenes. And so it's like, okay, it's out there now. Okay, great. And then that kind Mm -hmm. of fed into what I was thinking for my bud, which is it's kind of neat once you get it out there, once you get your book out, it's neat to just see how like the rippling effects of people reading it and passing it along mm-hmm. or like emailing me and telling me what's resonating. It's, it's just neat to see how it, it's it's the perfect example in my mind of budding, like it's budding and mm. it's a really neat process. Um, but my thorn has nothing to do with any of that. <laughs> so my thorn is just that it's really cold outside and I'm okay yeah. with the cold, but it just, I am not able to like get out and like go for walks in the neighborhood and stuff. I love the outdoors, but I'm such a baby when it comes to cold. (laughs) So that's my thorn. I'm like, okay, it's too cold outside. I'm not getting out as much as I wish I could. There Mm -hmm. we go. That's so relatable. The In your rose and your bud, I was thinking about how, you know, with social media, we get that like immediate feedback and we're like, okay, people like this or didn't like it. Right. And then with a book, it's like you have this incubation period where you're just making it in the dark and you're like toiling over it and you and it takes months sometimes years before yes. you even know the how people are going to respond to it so this is such an exciting time because you're like finally getting feedback oh yeah it's so true and i remember just going through the process my process was really long i've been writing it for a long time i started when my littlest was really really little and mm-hmm. it just really did feel like man it's like i'm working and working i just want this to be helpful to people i want it to be eye opening i want people to just like find freedom in their body journeys and like i'm so passionate about it but it's such a long thing that you're like Man, I hope when this is all said and done, it's it's all good and that people really mm-hmm. enjoy it and are and it are helped by it and all that. And it's a lot of just like work in the dark, like you said. And mm-hmm. so then like watching it start to bud is 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 neat. It's enjoyable. It's a neat kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Well, I can tell you that I loved your book and I want to know like I, re- I read your story in the book, but I want you to share your story and kind of your journey with your body and kind of how you decided to put this into a book form. That's such a good question. I think I should give some backstory. So basically, m- when you say, what is your story? My story is basically that of a girl never, ever at peace with her body. It's been forever a thing. I remember all the way back in kindergarten when this little sweet boy, he meant nothing by it, but he said, my cheeks look like chipmunk cheeks. And I immediately assumed he was classifying me as chubby. And I was like, okay, that's not okay. And that was that first sting of just, uh, I'm not at peace with my body. 
and maybe I couldn't put words to it, but I just remember that feeling after he said that. And then as I got a little bit older, first grade, second grade, fifth, seventh, ninth, I'm, I'm walking through life in these very formative years. And I'm realizing that, okay, I'm walking through life in a body that is larger than the majority of the bodies around me. And everyone is relentlessly reminding me that I'm too large. I'm taking up too much Mm -hmm. space. I need to make myself smaller. I need to lose weight, right? The fix Mm -hmm. of everything is if I just lose weight. And so then by the time I'm graduating high school at 336 pounds, I I felt like there was something innately wrong with me because so much of the world had been telling me, I just need to lose this weight. So I was tired and broken and a mess on the inside. And and I just felt like, oh my gosh, there's just some, what is it? What is this thing about my body? Like, what is the big deal? (laughs) You know, I just Mm -hmm. couldn't wrap my brain around it. But because I walked through such you know, such trauma really in those formative years surrounding my body. It was just like, I couldn't figure it out. And then, and then I did that thing. I did the thing that so many of us want to do. I lost this massive amount of weight, but here's the thing. Don't be so quick to, (laughs) to, to jump on this because I actually lost 150 pounds and here I was half my size. And guess what? I still was not at peace with my body. And so I tell that story because I really want to make it clear that our weight, the size of our body, the composition of our body, it does not, it it is not the determining factor of whether our bodies are healthy and whether or not our bodies are good and strong and capable and amazing. And it also will, is not the determining factor of having a positive self-image. And so I had gone through this massive, massive transformation, but I had missed a massive piece of the puzzle, which is your body is amazing and incredible. Like, I wish I could go back to just graduated high school, Jennifer, and be like, Jennifer, get your head out of this cloud. Like, you are amazing. Your body is amazing and strong and capable and good. And there is so much more to you mm-hmm. than your body, right? And there's so much more to like, living a healthy lifestyle, excuse me, then focusing on making yourself smaller, 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 smaller. So I tell all that because I don't want people to see this story of weight transformation and think, oh, okay, let's, let's figure out how we can lose weight. I'm like, no, let's Mm -hmm. do the opposite of that. (laughs) Let's take Mm -hmm. that off the burner. Like let's put that on the back burner or completely out of our minds if we're ready to do that. And let's focus on how we can like learn to be at peace with our bodies. Oh, you know, People who have done what you've done and who have shared kind of the more raw truth, because I think society really loves when we lose a lot of weight. Right. You know, like society's like, you are a hero. Right. Like, this is like the greatest thing that anyone, you know, we, we really praise that. Yeah. But part of like my journey with like loving my body was having so many people kind of coming out and saying, hey, I lost that weight and it didn't change. Yeah. Any yeah. much, you know, it didn't make me feel better. Right. And I think that that's so freeing to just be like, to know like, yeah, wherever I go, I'm there. Like it's yeah. still me in relationship yeah. to me, no matter what I look like. That's so true. And it's really, it's really interesting even having that mindset shift, because if you think about it, I all growing up when people were negative about my body, it was still body centric. It was still body mm-hmm. focused. It was all, it wasn't, wow, Jennifer, what a great friend you are, or what a great, I don't know, artist you are, or whatever. Mm-hmm. It was just all about body, body, body. And then even 
doing what I thought the whole world needed me to do. The only fix, you know, was just to lose this weight, even in doing that. Well, then you get accolades for losing the weight. So you, Mm -hmm. and and at first it's like, okay, well, what's wrong with that? We would all love to get accolades for whatever we get accolades for. But in the same token, so much emphasis is just placed on the body, even Mm -hmm. if it's in a positive mindset. So then what happens when you're no longer losing weight? Or then what happens when you regain some of the weight or all of the weight or whatever? You, you start to feel like you're only valid based on your body. And and that's why I'm pushing against that narrative so hard (laughs) in every Mm -hmm. aspect that I possibly can, because there is so much more to us as people than our bodies. And I want to draw attention to that. I want to see what I'm, what I'm interested in or what I'm passionate about apart from just, you know, making myself smaller or toning my arms or, you know, you name it. Yeah. I love what you said in your book too, where you said um, that at 336 pounds, 250 pounds is skinny. And at 250, 170 is skinny. And when does that stop? You know, like that just kind of keeps going if we don't accept at some point that like we're okay. Right. Exactly. And that's part of the reason it's like part of me just doesn't even want to talk about the whole weight loss journey thing. I just want to like put that away and never mm-hmm. think of it again. But part of me is like, no, I have to talk about that because there's this whole piece to that where we're like, I mean, definitely when I was a size, I don't know, any pick any size. I've been all the sizes and I was never happy mm-hmm. at any of them with my body until I changed my mindset about my body mm-hmm. until I realized like it was like the goalpost was always moving always moving. So it's like, okay, I'm a size 28. If I can just get down to a 22, I'll be happy. And then I get to a 22 and it's like, okay, if I can just get down to an 18, I'll be happy. And then I get down to an 18 and I'm like, wow, still not happy. Okay. If I can get down to a 14, that'll be okay. Okay. If I can get down to it, you know, it's like this ever moving. And so I I really had to, and this is the whole premise of the reason I, I wrote the book is I'm like, every time I turn around, it's just, it's not good enough. My body's not good enough. My body's not good enough. There's another goal. There's another size I need to get down to. There's another amount of weight. There's an, oh, if I could just do five more pounds now. Okay. Okay. Well, maybe I could do another five, you know, like Mm -hmm. it's, it's never going to be good enough until I change that mindset and, and see, like truly see that my body right now I don't care what shape or size. I don't care with loose skin. I don't care with stretch marks or scars or whatever it might be. Like my body today is good. And I'm not looking at the societal standards around me to determine whether my body is good. No, I am choosing today that my body is good. I woke up this morning Mm -hmm. with breath in my lungs. That is good. (laughs) That is a good thing. You know, and it's just a whole mindset shift that, um, it just really changes how we feel about our bodies when we can see today that our bodies are strong, capable, good, you know, all of those good things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it like reminds me of how we we misplace the purpose of a body, right? Like right. it's like we're saying bodies are meant to be observed and to be looked at versus bodies are meant to be lived in where, right. you know, like our heart keeps us, our blood pumping, our arms hug the ones we love, our legs take us where we want to go. Like our body is meant to be enjoyed and to be lived in, but we yeah. put it on this place. Like it's almost like it's meant to be art, um, which I think it is art in every size and every shape and every way is beautiful. Um, but it, that's not its job. Right. 
Exactly. It's, it's not just a, it's like, I don't want it. To, I don't ever want to treat my body as like this, this idol that I can just never, that's never not a work in progress. <laughs> I don't think I said that right, but I, you know, it's not, it doesn't have to constantly be a project. My body doesn't, I don't need to make my body a project that I just constantly work on. I mean, and even like sometimes, sometimes people are like, well, yeah, Jennifer, I hear you, but like, I still want to be healthy. And that's the mm-hmm. thing. I feel like, you know, diet culture sort of like hijacks those words, health mm-hmm. and wellness, and, and makes us think that health and wellness is equal to a smaller body, but that's just not the case. Mm-hmm. <laughs> health and wellness is actual health and wellness and actual health and wellness does not place our body's appearance, size, composition as the um, metric or barometer for health and wellness. You know, it's two, mm-hmm. it's two different diet, the diet world and making ourselves smaller is a completely different, completely different world. Mm-hmm. And it's worlds away from actual health and wellness. Oh my gosh, that is so true. Yeah. I can think about like being on diets in high school. I like you talked about in your book, like I've done them all, right? Like right. I started when I was nine years old. I've done like everything. Um, if you can think of it, I've done it. And I in high school, I remember I was on Weight Watchers and I remember I can like look back and I'm like I used to eat popcorn and diet coke yeah. all day long yeah and then i would go to mcdonald's and get a happy meal for like one meal a day yeah and that was like a diet and yeah. i was losing weight but i was getting like no nutrients right. into my body <laughs> right and my mom was like people like people around me were like encouraging this behavior because it was working quote unquote because it was making me more smaller you know as small as they yeah. wanted me to be but it wasn't making me healthier that's so true. And I, I can 100% relate to you because as I was making my way through, like I got down to like the smallest, the smallest me, which I'm no longer at. But when I was that smallest, smallest, smallest size here, I had so many people praising me for the amazing job. If you will, let's use air quotes mm-hmm. there. I was doing with weight loss. What they didn't know is I was on a horrifically restrictive diet. And I was eating like five or 600 calories a day for weeks on end with zero, Mm -hmm. you know, cheats, you know, in air quotes. So here I was being praised for this super unhealthy behavior because we, Mm -hmm. we as a society tend to think that the smallest me is, is equal to the healthiest me. And in reality, I'm healthier now which is not the smallest mm-hmm. me than I was at the absolute smallest version of me. So it's mm-hmm. like it's like taking the size of our body out of the equation because it it it's just it really doesn't need to be the focus <laughs> of any of this, you know. Mm-hmm. When when did you feel like it clicked for you that like, and I want to say like you were allowed to eat is kind of the way that I yeah. think about it. Yeah. Like when did it click for you that like food is safe or, oh, you know, that's a good question. I realized, I realized that I was like in a dieting mentality and that I was like living in this dieting mentality, but my body was staying the same. So I, so when, when I say dieting mentality, so a diet, dieting mentality is placing the, placing weight loss front and center of every, every choice you make. 
you know? Mm -hmm. So I'm in this dieting mentality for years, trying to lose more weight than I had already lost. But my body was like, no, I'm not. (laughs) It was like, no, Jennifer, Mm -hmm. I will not. And so I started to think and sort of get curious about like, am I going to live the rest of my life? Like I'm on a diet. And because if so, that is like not fun to me, <laughs> that does not sound fun. I've already done this thing for long enough. It doesn't feel healthy. It doesn't feel sustainable. I'm miserable in it. Like, I want to know what it would be like to just eat when I want to eat and like not constantly do the things we do, like counting calories and counting macros and, you know, just reducing every single bite of food down to a scientific equation to produce weight loss. Like that mm. is not... And so I would hear other people talk about food freedom or um, just like giving yourself permission, unconditional permission to eat. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so scared because if I do that, I'm just, I'm going to be out of control. Like I'm, I'm not going to be able to, <laughs> to do it because, because there was like a, a period of time where I was like, okay, I need someone to tell me every, this is like such not, I like, I don't even want to admit this, but it's the real raw truth. So I'm just gonna say it. Like mm-hmm. I spent so much time thinking, I just need someone to tell me exactly what to eat, when to eat, how much to eat, mm-hmm. you know, what, what exercise to do, how much, how long, how often. And it was like, that is such a not freedom centered mentality. And I, yeah. so then that's when I got really curious about, okay, what would it look like? Like, what would it, I like, I know the things to, to I like, I, I can follow a diet, but I don't, I don't want to do that. I don't want to mm-hmm. live in this. And so I, it was definitely a journey that I had to go through, like unlearning all of the dieting stuff, unlearning mm-hmm. all of Like one of the first things I did was I woke up one morning and I was like, I'm not going to measure the coffee creamer that I put in my coffee cup this morning. Oh, which yes. is like I'm uh, like so happy for that version of you. <laughs> yes, right? Aren't we all cheering on that version? I'm I too am very happy about it. Mm-hmm. And it was like this small very beginning step, but it was like it was like, "Oh, like I can put however much creamer in my coffee that I want to put in there. Like that's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I drank my coffee and I was like, okay, that tasted good. And guess what? It, it also kind of just tasted like it tastes every morning, but I just didn't have to measure it. I just freely poured it in, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it, just that little piece was like, just to answer your question, kind of jumping back, um, mm-hmm. that little piece was almost like in itself, some permission. Like it gave me the permission mm-hmm. to explore further what would this look like? Like, what would it look like to, when I'm hungry, like walk into my kitchen and instead of saying, does this fit my calories? Does this fit my macros? Is this going to make the scale go down? Um, did I exercise enough? Instead of saying those things, what would it look like if I was like, okay, what, like, what sounds really good right now? What sounds really satisfying? You know, what do I actually want to eat right now? Am I grabbing for this meal prepped thing that I prepped because I want it? Is it actually satisfying or, or could, could I just throw something together that sounds good and enjoy that instead? And mm. so it like, it was like little, little tiny things that I did to walk toward this permission to eat and just this better relationship with food because mm-hmm. I, and that, and that in itself, like gave me permission to explore further. But the thing about it is like, we, we think that, uh, like a good relationship with food is like 
like, right, when we hear that, we're automatically like, okay, good relationship with food means I don't feel out of control around food. Like, I don't want anything. Mm-hmm. Like, like, that's what we think. <laughs> but that's actually not what we're talking about here. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. a good relationship with food means that you can enjoy all the foods that you love, like, period, like, without rules and restrictions <laughs> and, like, all of that. You can actually eat what you want like when you want it. And, and, and I know the next thought is like, okay, well then I'm going to feel out of control. But actually when you do give yourself some time to, to develop that better relationship with food and you give yourself that permission over time, you don't feel that out of control feeling around the foods that you love. Mm -hmm. Rather you learn to trust yourself, to listen to your body and to get attuned with your body and, and fuel and nourish your body in a way that feels good for you that you actually like. And then you're actually developing a good relationship with food. So I don't know how I got that down that massive. No. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Well, you know, it like this year was the first year that I was like, or I guess in 2021 where I was like, actually, I think salad's like my favorite food, like one of my top favorite foods. Yeah. But my whole life I treated it as a diet food. It it like because yeah. I had trained myself like through my relationship to food was around like I restrict and then I let myself have whatever I, whatever I want in quotes like what right. I think I want and yeah. then I restrict and then I have what I want and it was in once I started to kind of work with it I was like actually ice cream's a little too much for me. Yeah. Not my chosen sweet. Yeah. And I actually really love a salad. Like, not yeah. that I have to, not that there's anything, there's no morally correct food, right? But right. like, I actually just, like, I would not order a salad out because it felt like I had to, it was like, if I was on a diet, I would do that. Right. Um, and so it's like interesting how, what you're saying, it's like, yeah, as we start to give ourselves permission to eat, we actually might find that a lot of the foods we think of as like foods we only have when we're dieting actually end up being foods that we really enjoy and are very, we might pick because we like them. That's so true. Like I I was just saying yesterday in my Instagram stories, I was like, you know, I can eat avocado toast in a dieting mentality. Mm -hmm. And I could also eat avocado toast in a not dieting mentality, in a food freedom mentality. It's the same food. It's the, Mm -hmm. the, the why behind it is different. So if I'm if I'm eating the avocado toast because of the dieting mentality, I'm like, okay, I, I have to eat this and be done, and I need to eat it at exactly 12:05, and then I'll eat two hours after that. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. that's like a dieting mentality. Or I can eat the avocado toast if I want it, if I love it, and literally savor every single bite of it and just like love it, and then just move mm-hmm. on with my day. And so that that would have been foreign to me years ago, like before mm-hmm. before I went through this journey to, to finding this, you know, freedom and this better relationship with food and exercise that would have been foreign to me to just be like, Oh, I can, again, eat the salad. I can just eat it. Like, cause I like it <laughs> or, you know, like it's such an interesting thing, but see if you, like, if you hadn't given yourself the permission to explore mm-hmm. whether or not you actually like salad, then you would have mm-hmm. just pushed it away. But giving yourself that freedom to just, you know, even stumble your way through figuring out that, that what you like, what you don't like, and giving yourself that full permission to like make your way through the journey, even if it doesn't look perfect, even if it's not regimented or scheduled. And um, yeah, just feeling your way through all of that. 
Yeah, it's like the health journey can be pleasurable. Like being healthy and in taking care of your body and loving your body can be this like fun thing that we enjoy rather than like this restrictive, controlling, almost like, you know, counter healthy mindset yeah. that diet culture promotes. Ugh. Yeah, it's like it's the first the first thing we have to do is unpack and challenge our beliefs about healthy, what is healthy. Mm -hmm. And then, and then we can move into, you know, pursuing actual health, right? Cause we have to first mm -hmm. challenge this belief that the smallest me is going to be the healthiest me challenging that belief. And it's hard <laughs> to, to mm -hmm. do because society tells us otherwise, if we're looking in the wrong places, but challenging that belief first and then mm -hmm. once we've really allowed that to resonate in our in our hearts and in our minds, really, then venturing into actual health and wellness, which doesn't have anything to do with the size of our bodies. Oh, my gosh. I think, you know, I think when you're saying that, I'm even realizing that one of one of the integral steps for me in this process has been not moralizing health, yeah. like like both for ableist reasons, right? But also for my relationship to myself to be like, if you're unhealthy, you're still lovable. Like right. you're, you don't even have to be healthy to be worthy of love. Yes. And you want to be healthy because, you know, you want to live a long life. You want to feel mobile. You want to like feel good in your body, but like you're still okay if you're not. Yes. It's almost like putting, putting this idea of health, how, whatever, whatever the idea of health is, putting it um, on a pedestal. Like it's the ultimate, yeah. it's you're morally good if you've achieved health, whatever that is in your mind, and you're, mm -hmm. and you're not morally good or you're not worthy of love or you're not valuable or um, acceptable if you, if you're not healthy. Yeah. I, I mm -hmm. totally see what you're saying there. Yeah. So it's, again, it's like this huge, it's a, it's a mindset shift. It's, it's for sure a mindset shift. Would you talk a little bit in your book about, you know, how you subscribe to the health at every size philosophy? Um, for those who've never heard that concept, can you tell us a little bit about what that is? Yeah. And it really is. It's kind of like what we've already been talking about, which is that our, the size, we can be healthy. Obviously it's health at every, at every size, but it's really debunking the idea that um, our, the size of our body determines our health. For example, you know, I went to, I'll just give you a firsthand example. I went to mm -hmm. my doctor a few years ago, several years ago. And, um, and I actually went and I was like, can you just, I was still in this, um, massive, like, I need to lose more weight. I need to lose. I'm just not there. I, Cause I didn't fit the, the BMI number on the doctor's chart <laughs> in, in the doctor's mm -hmm. office. So I'm like, oh, okay, well I haven't, I haven't done enough yet. And so I'm, I'm telling my doctor, like, I want you to run every single test. There must be a problem. Like what, what is it? You know, tell me what it is and I'll fix it. Or I'll take take medicine for it, or I'll do whatever I have to just tell me what, what, why can't I lose more weight? And she was like, okay, Jennifer, well, she was so gracious. <laughs> and she was mm. like, we will run all the tests. And so she ran all the tests. And then she, I came back for my follow-up appointment with her and she sat me down and she's like, okay, Jennifer, I mm. understand that you feel like you need to make yourself even smaller, but I need to let you know, every single one of these tests came back normal first mm. and foremost. You are healthier than 97% of the people that walk into this office and your heart rate is that of an athlete. Mm -hmm. So you are thinking that the, the solve to your problems is weight loss, but you are extremely healthy 
at the weight that you are right now. Now, mind you, mm-hmm. that weight, again, did not fit into the categories of a BMI chart in a doctor's office, mm-hmm. but which is total crap. We could go into all that, but <laughs> just just go Google it, how it's, <laughs> let's debunk that, the BMI. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you, the, so the, the whole um, truth behind the health at every size is that truly, you can you can be your healthiest self at any size. The size of your body does not directly um, reflect your actual health, which mm. is kind of mind blowing when we're not used to to like thinking about that in that way. But it's totally freeing, also, mm-hmm. once you wrap your brain around it. Honestly, like this concept of tying weight to health kept me from going to the doctor forever because it was just like so overwhelmed at the concept that I would be (laughs) shamed at the doctor. I was like so scared of it and it happens to people. But I I recently had like some lung issues Mm. and I had um we I'm I'm still working through lung issues, but I was going to the doctor a lot for a little while and I had a pulmonologist and in his office one day we were talking and he was like, well, you're really healthy. Um, we So we just need to figure out like how to – what's going on with your lungs specifically, but like in every other way you're healthy. And I left that office like crying yeah, <laughs> because I just like was like, oh, yeah, like I take care of myself. Like I'm in a really good spot. Right. But you just – when you are a fat-bodied person, like you just yeah. never expect a doctor to tell you you're healthy. Right. But by like all measures and metrics, like we're good over here, you know? Yeah. But I just like – that like it's it's almost like – um you know, when you have someone tell you the words, you always want your parents to tell you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Where you're like, yeah. oh, you're okay. You're going to be okay. Oh, my gosh. I love that. That is so, so true. Mm. So, okay. So let's say I know that there are lots of people here who are listening who are like still in the throes. Maybe they're right now thinking they're going to start another diet. They're addicted to sugar or they're, you know, they're out of control with food. They can't trust themselves and they're ready to start another diet. They're ready to like do it again. It's the beginning of the new year, you know, (laughs) people are feeling all kinds of things. To that person who's listening, who's kind of in the throes, um, and you could share one piece of advice with them today, what would you share with them? I think that is such a wonderful question. And the first thing I would tell you is that I understand. And wherever you are right now in that journey toward health is okay. I think Mm -hmm. that noticing where you are and where your mind is at, where your heart is at with this whole body thing, this body journey is okay. And noticing it without judgment, noticing where you are without judgment is, is hugely important. And the next thing I would say is don't do it. (laughs) I would say, I would tell you the facts, which you can take with them and do with them what you will, but two thirds of dieters regain their weight and then some typically Mm -hmm. and 97% of diets fail. So they work Mm -hmm. for a little bit initially because of the initial restriction, but then almost always we regain that weight that we lost initially and then some eventually. So it's usually Mm -hmm. not, am I going to, to regain 
the weight. It's when am I going to regain it? So mm-hmm. we go on the, we go on a diet to lose weight, but diets are literally, and I'm not just saying this because it's like a fun, trendy thing. Like it's actually literally research-based mm-hmm. diets literally are set up for us to not have sustainable results. And so, um, like, I, like I was going to say, we go on the diet to lose weight, but the opposite ends up happening. So do yourself a favor and just consider, consider what life would look like if you um, sort of rewrote the narrative in your mind and heart about health and wellness, and maybe just maybe took weight loss from the front and center. And I understand if you don't want to just totally like throw it out the window. I get it. I understand that because you've probably, uh, this has probably been a thing for you for a really long time. So if it's hard to to say, oh, well, I'm not just going to swear off diets or I'm not going to just take weight loss. I, I get it. But maybe just maybe, you know, moving weight loss to the back burner instead of being so front and center, what would it look like to live a life where you are more free in your relationship with food and exercise and you're not so body um, appearance and size focused and you're rather just living your life, um, nourishing your body and moving your body, but having a healthier relationship with food and exercise in your body. I don't know if I've ever nodded more in my life. <laughs> That's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Um, are you ready for rapid fire questions? Is there anything lingering that you want to make sure you get that you share? I don't think so. I just, I want to make sure like that, you know, like wherever you are in your journey is okay. And like, whatever, I just want to honor like what you've gone through because only you know what you have lived in this body that you live in. Like only you know the experiences or the words that have been spoken to you or whatever the case may be in your body. And I just want to validate your story because your story has shaped you and brought you to where you are today. And so wherever you find yourself and wherever you are wanting to go in your body journey and in your mindset around your body and all of these things that are all, um, they sort of intersect, wherever you are is totally okay. And it's good. And I'm just going to say it one more time. Your body is good right now, Mm. today, without changing one single thing, without losing one single pound, your body right now today is good as is, period. Mm. (laughs) And now we can go to rapid fire. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Today's podcast is brought to you by LinkedIn. It's a new year, but it feels harder than ever to find and hire the qualified people that you need, especially for small businesses. That's where LinkedIn Jobs comes in. They make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. I cannot tell you how many times I have posted a job listing on Craigslist only to get so many applications that I had to sort through, but none of them were qualified for the work that I was offering. So so much time being given away, so many interviews only to not find the right candidate for the job. 
you can create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 770 million people. Focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience and use screening questions to get your role in front of only the most qualified. Then use the simple tools on LinkedIn jobs to quickly filter and prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know that every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash egram. That's linkedin.com slash egram to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you, LinkedIn, for supporting the podcast. So the first book that comes to mind. The first book that comes to mind is Talk Like Ted. Mm. <laughs> it's about how, how people who do TED Talks um, like get to their TED Talk, like how, how they put it together, you know, the thought process around it, you know, the science behind oh. why it's only like like 18 minutes. I don't know. That's just the first book. I haven't even read it for years. I don't know why that's the first one that came to mind. Uh, I'm going to put it on my to be read list. Though. It's so good. Really? It's so good. Um, a favorite song. Um, oh my gosh. A favorite song. Um, oh my gosh. I can't even think of any songs. <laughs> and I'm like a very <laughs> musical person. I'll just say that by the first songs that come up in my, oh, that song. Oh my gosh. It's a Taylor Swift song. Can we be a Taylor <laughs> oh, Swift I, fan for oh, a second? Oh, I'm a Swiftie. I'm a full Swiftie. <laughs> okay, great. Yeah. It's called Me! Exclamation point. It's me. That's, so if you type it in your Spotify or your Apple or wherever you listen to music, it's me with an exclamation point. And I turn that song on, Sarah Jane, like when I want to just dance around my house and feel good about myself and like tap into like my most body positive moments. <laughs> mm, love. Something you wish people knew about you? Um, I always hope that people know like my intentions, like that my intentions mm. are always pure and like that kind of thing. Mm. Dream day. What are you doing? I am, it's a fall day and I am somewhere in the mountains and it's beautiful and it's sunny and I am outside going for a hike with probably my husband because he's my best friend. Mm. Your final meal, what are you eating? Oh, pizza 100%. Like what's on the pizza though? Um, it is going to be, it's going to be um, plenty of cheese and plenty of sauce yeah. and then pepperoni. And then I like some kind of sausage. Mm -hmm. That's it. What like I have I have lots of pizza questions. Okay, so, <laughs> I love. Um, let's go there. I'm I'm for it. <laughs> What's your crust like? Are we like New York style foldable? Are we like deep oh, dishing it? I like like the original Italian. Like if you go to like an an original Italian type of pizza restaurant, so it's very greasy. <laughs> um and. But the problem is, is that I am in celiac and I just found out that like several months ago. And so now my crust is cauliflower crust <laughs> because I can't eat gluten. But my Aww. dream crust is like uh, just the, it's like mm -hmm. thinner, softer, not like a thin crust, like a, just a thinner, mm -hmm. softer, greasier type of crust with a really thick, like the crust on the, on the outside is really thick. Mm, that's good. Yeah. Um, and food for thought, something you want people to leave thinking about today. I 
Oh, I just love this question. My number one food for thought would probably be um, like, what would life look like if you were no longer allowing your body to take up so much space in your mind? Hmm. What would life look like if you were no longer allowing your body to take up so much space in your mind? And I cannot recommend your book enough. So for the people who are listening, what what do they need to know about your book? Where can they find it? Uh, why should they grab it? I It's called Your Good Body, and it's embracing a body-positive mindset in a perfection-focused world. You can order it. It is now out. Hooray! Woo-hoo. You can order it anywhere that you like to order books, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Target, anywhere. Um, and it is a deeper dive into my story, my big, huge, long, massive story. And then it is a walk through how we can develop a better relationship with our bodies and food and exercise and all those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can come find me and ask me where to buy it. I'll be right there on Instagram. Just, just checking my DMs and stuff. <laughs> um, so yeah, I go get it, enjoy it. And yeah, let me know what you think. And y'all, this book covers everything from like being free to take up space to how to love your body even when you don't. So much good stuff. Um, So we'll make sure to link all of Jennifer's good stuff down below, all of her um, socials and a link to the book and everything there. Um, Jennifer, thank you so much for joining us today and for such a good conversation. I loved having you. Thank you so much. I loved chatting with you today.